Well, it's actually, a, it's a matter of life and death. We're not talking about coronavirus, at least not today. It's another scourge threatening the planet, and some places more than others. Climate change is going much faster in the uh, Arctic area. And it's threatening some cultures more than others, too. We are dependent on nature. It's such an important part of our culture and where we live. We have a lot of traditional knowledge passed down through generations about how this area is, where the animals move, how things grow. I'm Malika Bilal, and this is The Take. That was Josefina Skirk. She's a member of the Sami parliament, representing the Sami people. Thousands of years of of tradition and and culture and history is is in danger of of disappearing. And this is Al Jazeera's Paul Rees. Hi, Paul. Hi, Malika. He's been reporting on the Sami people in northern Sweden. By the end of the episode, you will know how reindeer herding happens in the modern day. And sadly, why so many reindeer are starving to death. But if you're not listening to us from northern Europe right now, you might not know what the word Sami means. The Sami people are indigenous to the northern parts of Norway, Sweden, Finland, and Russia. It's not just polar bears and ice caps. There are people at the top of the world being hurt by climate change, too. And many Sami believe the Swedish government also bears the blame. We thought in this time when trusting science is essential, it's important to talk about what happens when it's not taken into account. Paul Rees is normally based in southern Sweden. But for this, he headed up towards the top of the country. I was quite surprised by the landscape, actually. I was expecting a real wilderness when I arrived. Um, I arrived in a place called Luleå, which is on the northeast coast of, of Sweden, towards Finland. And I drove up through what I expected to be wilderness, ancient forests. But... It really looks like one giant plantation. There's so much logging industry there that so many of the forests are no longer ancient forests. It's rows and rows of ordered trees, trees that have been felled and just kind of wasteland. There's only pockets of the ancient forest left. You know, heavy canopy of leaves, spongy underfoot, smell of nature, I suppose, that you really don't see in many places. And those trees, that nature, is an important part of Sami life. Yanni Staffensen, like a lot of Sami, grew up reindeer herding. And it's a life she loves and misses. The deforestation that's happening in Sweden is rough. And we need to pass on that until the land has, has successfully healed for animals to to be on it. And it's not going that direction right now. The Sami lands have changed dramatically over the past few years. The land 
the animals, the weather. Northern Sweden sounds cold. Yeah, but conditions are getting much more unpredictable in the Sami lands or Sapmi, as it's called. Sapmi is the name for the, the lands. One of the towns I was in, Jokmok, which is a, a center of Sami culture in Sweden, gets to as low as minus 20 degrees Celsius. It's very snowy and with climate change, increasingly icy as well, which causes a, a big problem. But Sweden as a whole has been getting warmer. And these changes in the climate aren't just physical. There are cultural ramifications too. The Sami people, they say they have a conversation with nature. They have eight seasons, not four. For example, our year starts with, with spring time. And that is when the reindeer calf are born. And our spring is, is still snow. So we have snow in the mountains, but the sun is coming up and starting to become warm. Maybe the majority is springtime. Comes where the snow is gone and the flowers uh, are starting, the birds are starting to sing and such things. So you have all of these small seasons between your four big seasons. I recently spoke to, to an elder that said that when she grew up, she could navigate within the forest, the big forest where you can't really see mountains and trees. She navigated with the wind uh, and the sun. And that's how she found her way through new areas and her way home. Because at that time, the wind was, was not changing throughout the day. It was one firm wind, and then in the morning you knew that wind, and then you could navigate throughout the big forests. But now within a day you can have changes of the wind patterns. And those navigation skills are important when it comes to reindeer herding. Climate change is making conditions for the reindeer unsafe. And Paul says it's just getting worse. Because things are just becoming so unpredictable. They can't read nature like they used to be able to. And it's becoming more uh, difficult to, to read and to, to be safe when you go on the land for both humans and, and, and nature. So you can't navigate, you can't communicate, and you can't, like, your compass is just spinning. And that's not the only change global warming has brought. The ices are not as stable as they used to be. The, the communication between animals, for example, where to cross a river, where it's safe, their communication with nature and ice is also changing because some of the, of the animals do uh, fall down uh, in the river and go through the ice. It's hard to overstate the connection between the Sami and the reindeer they herd. The reindeer are a food source, but they're also a way of life. In terms of reindeer herding, which is a huge part of Sami culture, it's not just that, that winters are getting warmer, it's the fact that winters are getting warmer and then immediately going cold again. So now you're getting a situation where the covering of snow under which the reindeer find their food, usually lichen, is melting because the winter's suddenly getting warmer and then it's freezing over because it's suddenly cold again. So whereas in the past the reindeer would have access to the food nearly all the time, now, because the snow is melted and frozen, they can't get to it. 
So they either have to go to, to other parts where they're expected to find pasture or they have to find other food sources. And a specific problem for reindeer is that their, their digestive systems are very sensitive and they, it takes a while for the digestive system to switch to another source of food to be able to digest that. So it's very easy if they're forced suddenly to switch food source for them to starve. We, we fed them with supplementary feeding. If we wouldn't have been here to care for our reindeers and to tend for them, and if that wouldn't have been, our reindeers would not have survived on our land this winter. Not all of the reindeer were as lucky. So you have that kind of mass starvation within the reindeers that maybe were not successfully gathered uh, by the herders. They had to, to survive by themselves on a very difficult area in a very difficult time. And we will, we will see how many of them that, that survived. It's clear this is an important relationship, but it may not be clear to everyone what it is that reindeer herders do. Reindeer meat is sold to the markets in Sweden and Norway. In fact, in Norway, the only people um, allowed to herd reindeer for meat are these Sami. There's, it's also a way of life. It's a culture. One aspect of it is migrating with the reindeer to different pastures to find food. That would have used to be done on foot, maybe on horseback. It's, it's increasingly done in mechanized vehicles, snowmobiles, and helicopters also to get to where the reindeer are going. So it's become more modernized. Reindeer herding by helicopter. Very modern. But that probably speaks to how far these reindeer have to go to get food. I think a lot of reindeer herders now know that they won't get the economic benefits that maybe they would have done in, in past, past years, past centuries, but they do it because it's their, it's their culture. This is a culture that's been looked down on, whose people have faced discrimination as long as anyone here can remember. Middle of the last century, the Sami were being, you know, being treated as, as specimens by, by Sweden. Swedish museums. The Sami people's body parts were used for research by Swedish universities and Swedish museums. And with children, easier to do that to children and not have, not have permission. This is a troubled history. Yeah, you know, the Sami do talk about Sweden as a, as a colonizing force. You see it at all continents, and it started here in Europe. Uh, this is the stronghold and the teachings of the, uh, the colonialists. They came from Europe, it came from here. And of course, we were affected firstly. And we were um, the guinea pigs of how well it worked. And that tradition has a strong root here in Zappi. I suppose that began with Sweden wanting to assert its dominion over the, the northern parts of its territory, mainly so that couldn't be done by, by Norway or Finland. So with the, the early Swedish kings, they were a, a rich, source, rich source of taxation with some violence as well. 
Later, when the power of the Swedish monarchy was replaced with the Swedish parliament, there was another itch Sweden needed scratched. The Sami had resources Sweden was desperate for. It was only when the world began being industrialized that Sweden wanted the Sami lands for mining, for for forestry, for, for power plants, that the relationship changed and it was a it was a nuisance more that the Sami were on those lands that they wanted to extract resources from. And that's when you had anthropologists going up to Satmi and studying the Sami as a as a as a curiosity and the Sami being looked at as a lower form of human being, measuring skulls and photographing bodies to look at differences and reinforce that that notion of of the Sami being lower than Scandinavian Swedes or Scandinavian Norwegians or Scandinavian people as a whole. And there's this poignant moment where Paul asks Yanni if this is still going on. It is still going on. Which is what makes the reburial ceremony that you were there for so significant. So what was going on there? Sami remains were were dug up and taken away for research. And until this reburial ceremony last year, the skulls of dozens of Sami people taken from their graves were still still in research institutes and hadn't hadn't been given back. So it was a fasorening ceremony in Swedish where the Swedish state gave these skulls back to be um, buried in the traditional Sami manner. So this was one gesture on the part of Sweden. But where are we now? Another person who was very memorable was uh, Henrik Blint, who is a, is a Sami, but a member of a, a Swedish political party, the Green Party, uh, the Environmental Party. One of the places he took me to was a, a hydroelectric dam. And it floods a huge plain that would be reindeer herding ground. And because it's on Sami territory, and I suppose they think as a kind of a kind of sop to their their culture, the company who owns the dam had commissioned Sami artwork um, on the dam. To me, this is a symbol of colonization. I mean, uh, it's they are using our traditional paintings that is taken from the drum, the Sami traditional drum, and they have put up on this hydropower park. When, when I pass this, this hydropower park, I just feel sadness because this is also telling the story about my people and what we have been through and is, and is still uh, facing. Sweden is trying to help fight climate change. The problem is they're doing it on Sami land. Sweden as a state would say that hydro 
uh, electric park would be part of their efforts to solve or make better climate change. But how do you see that? Well, you have to always remember that someone who is paying the price that has come from somewhere. I mean, this, this region where we are standing has been a very rich region with a lot of fishing and, and it's been a place for reindeer herding. But this has affected us all. Wow. So for people that are traditionally reindeer herders, this completely ruins their way of life. What, what, what are they doing to adapt or to change things? I think some are adapting by either not going into reindeer herding or, or leaving reindeer herding and, and going into other, other industries, other, other sectors, or, or being un, unemployed. Others are struggling on. Many of them are, are activists to try and, try and bring attention to what's happening to them. Whether they're really being listened to, I'm not sure about that. Mm. Obviously, we tried to get a reaction from the Swedish Ministry of the Environment, and they weren't interested in, in giving a reaction. They simply said they didn't want to. Mm. Sweden has this commitment to be fossil free by 2050. And, you know, you could say that in terms of most countries, Sweden's climate policies are, are laudable. But the Sami believe that they're being carried out without reference to them. The Sami are not being consulted in how they can do that while not, not destroying the, the Sami way of life. So I am left at the end of this conversation with one question because it sounds so dismal. Is there any hope? Did the Sami people you talked to have any hope? I think in terms of climate change as a whole, maybe as much hope as the rest of us. I, I think it's pretty bleak, you know. The Arctic region is a sensitive region. People who have a more traditional way of life, we're not living in a world where traditions are particularly respected. Worldwide, I think, when there's when there's money to be made, I suppose the positives are that they're still there, that, that they are surviving at the moment. But the changes in the climate of, the, of recent years, there's no way of knowing how that's going to turn out. I think the bottom line is it's an incredibly worrying time for them. And that's The Take. We'll be back next week with more about what's happening with coronavirus and other stories you might be missing. This episode was produced by Amy Walters with Priyanka Tilve, Ney Alvarez, Alexandra Locke, Dina Kispe, and me, Malika Bilal. Natalia Aldana manages our Twitter and Instagram pages. Follow us there at AJ the Take and tell your friends. Alex Roldan is the sound designer. Stacey Samuel is our executive producer, and Graylin Brashear is our head of audio. You can follow Paul Reese on Twitter at P-A-L-L-E-R-H-Y-S and find his reporting on the Sami people at aljazeera.com. 
There's also a longer documentary on his website, paulreese.com. <laughs> 